is where God's called you to. But some of y'all came to Transformation Church because of FOMO. The only reason you're here, now you're starting to sweat a bead right now. He gonna see me, he gonna see me. It's not for me, I'm just trying to get you in a place where your blessing is. Where your provision is. I'm gonna regret this message next week if half the people is gone. But all I'm telling you is, I gotta be obedient to what the word of God says. Not what benefits me in the moment. Y'all don't hear me. Hasty faith will have you out here making up stuff, making your own options. But crazy faith has FOMO too. It follows orders. And it maintains obedience. Somebody said, I will maintain obedience. Look at verse 10. 1 Samuel 13, verse 10. I'm just walking you through some things of, of the FOMO that many of us have. It says, just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to meet him and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? He said, I saw my men scattering from me. You didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Migmash ready to big bash. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. Watch this. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Felt, that's feelings, compelled. Okay? Hasty faith has FOMO. Feelings over my obedience. I'm just trying to make this analogy work for you. Is that many of us have been in a place where I've put my feelings over my obedience. This man didn't get a word from God. This man just looked at the situation and he says, you know what? Let me consult my feelings right now. Feelings, how do you feel? I feel scared. I feel lost. I feel like God's forgotten about me. Feelings, how do you feel right now? I feel like maybe if I do this on my own, God will somehow bless it. Feelings, what do you feel like right now? I feel overlooked at this job. I feel like nobody sees me. Feelings, what do you feel? I feel too fine to be single. I feel too talented to be this broke. Feelings, what do you feel right now? I feel like I should have a bunch of friends, even though God called me to a season of separation. Feelings, what do you feel right now? I feel like I want to have sex with everybody. Your feelings are real, but they are a bad manager. If you are looking to your feelings to get instructions, you are headed for destruction. If you are looking to your feelings for instructions, you are headed for what? This man is about to lose everything God had for him because he felt compelled. He talked to his feelings. Feelings, how do you feel? I feel like cussing everybody out and busting heads. Come on, let, let's be honest. Is it? Isn't what gets us in trouble most of the time is letting our feelings go past our filter? Y'all know everybody got that line that don't push me across the line, bro. She said, period. You got that line. And then when you go past the line, when they keep nagging you, when they keep asking you, when they keep doing things, what we do is we turn our filter off. And our filter should be the word of God. 
because it doesn't say I can't feel angry or feel like I want to bust some heads. But it says be angry and sin not. Dang it. But what ends up happening is many of us consult our feelings more than our faith. And this is the FOMO that led to Saul's demise. Is he put his feelings over his obedience. And I don't know who in this room I'm talking to or watching online right now, but some of you, this is a sobering message. I'm a doctor today, and today is, I'm giving you anesthesia for your soul. This ain't the part where you're like, oh, I feel better yet. No, no, no. This is the part where you're saying, I, I think I feel it. I think it's starting to set in. That the reason I've been moving so fast is because I've been putting my feelings over the obedience God requires. Well, all my other friends are going to this college, so I feel like I should go there too. All my other, all the other people are getting plastic surgery around me. Y'all are laughing like that's not a real thing, but I can see you. <laughs> all I'm saying is feelings are a bad manager. And they'll disqualify you from the promise of God in your life. Hasty faith has FOMO, but crazy faith has FOMO too. Crazy faith says, I'm going to put my faith over my opinion. See, what ends up happening in this moment is that many of you have an opinion. How many people in this room have a very strong opinion on certain stuff? Come on, put your hands up in the air right now. Even watching on a strong opinion. My question is, when your opinion comes against your faith, which one wins? Oh, I know. You have strong views on stuff. I could just start naming them and then this would turn into a real bad situation. But you got strong views on certain things. My question is what wins? What the word of God says? What is planted in your heart or your opinion? And, and, and what crazy faith says is my opinion loses every time. Y'all should see how tight y'all look right now. What happens if the sacrifice that God really wants for you is your opinion losing every time? Y'all know that's what happened to Jesus when Jesus had an opinion in the garden before he was going to the cross. And he said, if there's any other way, I think this is dumb for me to have to go die for all of them. And half of them ain't even going to take it seriously. They're just going to put you on a chain around their neck. So, so I think this is dumb. That's my opinion. But what won? His opinion or his faith? He said, nevertheless, not my will or my opinion be done. Let your will be done. My question is, in your life every week, what's winning? Is it your opinion? Well, I don't think you should have to tithe. That's my opinion. The church should look like it's doing fine, huh? Is your opinion going to win? Or is faith going to win? Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't even think there's a problem. Problem with having sex before marriage. I mean, we know we're going to be together. We already living together. We eat together. She cooked for me. We got a cell phone plan together. I'm just in people's business right now. I'm sorry. But that is a sure way to, for your, never mind. Um, that may 
be your, everybody say opinion. It may be, but it's very clear in the word for us to save ourselves until we come into covenant with that one person. Because if not, it's going to be the ripping away of our souls over and over. And there's going to be a soul tie that then one day we're going to have to come to the altar and say, God, heal me. And he said, I was trying to protect you. God would rather protect you than heal you. He would rather keep you from it than have to go through it and then do surgery on you. But many times our opinion is over what faith says. Y'all going to cuss at me after this. I see it. Let me give you one more, one more thing, because I need you to, I really need this to sink into your life. Verse 13, Samuel says, how foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you have kept it. Had you have done it. Had you have been faithful. No matter how hard it was, had you have just stayed. The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out of man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. Hasty faith has FOMO. It fumbles obvious moments often. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? Saul has had, in his time of leadership... 42 years to get this one issue in his life right. A lot of people don't understand because we read the Bible in segments, but this happens and God lets him be the king over Israel for another 42 years. Now, if I was God and I told him, your junk ending today, I would have just beheaded him <laughs> and it would have been over right there. But this shows the difference between me and a grace-filled God. Yeah. Ah, some of y'all been so disobedient. Some of us have been moving out of the fear of missing out and the fear of making our own options and all of this other stuff. And you wonder why God keeps blessing and you wonder why God keeps giving you opportunity. And what you're doing is you're taking the grace of God for granted. What you're saying is God's still blessing, so I guess he's OK with it. God's still good, so I guess this ain't a problem. I can keep living like this and I think that this is OK. He's trying to give you an opportunity to change. Just like any good parent that is grace-filled, they tell you what they want you to do, but they have to give you an opportunity to turn or repent is the biblical word right here. And what he's doing for Saul is he's saying, this is your opportunity, 42 years of it, to turn from the way you've been doing stuff and turn to God. But what does Saul do? He fumbles obvious moments of God's grace often can, can I give you an example of it look at it in 1 Samuel 15 verse 7 I'll have to paraphrase it God tells him after this moment hey I'm still going to use you go kill the whole Amalekite army don't spare the king the goats don't spare anything just kill everybody because they've sinned against me let's make this happen what does Saul do Saul says well I'll kill everybody except everybody say except your except will get you messed up. He spared the king and he spared all the good animals so they, they could make a sacrifice to the Lord. Can, can, can you help me real quick? Uh, um, throw that to me real quick. Yeah, just go ahead. Go ahead. Ah, 
see, what happens is a lot of y'all are fumbling disobedience. You're fumbling and you're being disobedient. And so, so what happens is you catch a promise from God and you start walking and something comes and you fumble it. And God's literally saying, you're not even going back to try to pick it up. You're not even going back. This is what happened to Saul. He was disobedient. And what happens again? God gives him another opportunity. He sends somebody to fight his giant that he didn't fight. He sent David. David defeats Goliath and he goes out and starts winning all these victories. And then he hears this sound. Saul killed his thousand. David killed 10,000. So what causes Saul to now abdicate his kingship and start chasing after David for the rest of his life. Let me tell you what it was. Throw it to me, bro. Come on. Ugh. Comparison. Comparison will make you fumble the opportunities God's given you. When you start looking at what their family is doing and what trip they just went on and what their church is doing, comparison will allow you to fumble the grace of God. The only reason he gave you another opportunity at that job was to give you an opportunity to submit and be humble again. But you made other options for yourself. So you fumbled that one too. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? All these examples are in old Old Testament but can I give you a New Testament example of the things that will try to make you fumble the grace of God give it to me bro come on <sighs> opportunities see everybody thinks opportunities are good opportunities only good if they're God no, no. can I prove it to you I'm gonna give you a testimony from the book of Michael, the sixth chapter, the ninth verse. Me and my wife have been going through an entire season of really dealing with this new level of attention. And at the same time, we've been dealing with the very real reality of our son MJ having autism and being able to get him therapy and do all these different things. And it's taken a toll on on our family, I get up here every Sunday and try to minister faith while I'm fighting opposition at home every week. Like, like every week. Anytime you're like, well, that he could have done better. You don't even know what I dealt with that week. You, you have no clue what the enemy is trying to do behind the scenes to discourage, kill, and snuff out what God's doing up here. And so what God told me, he said, Michael, I'm going to need you to make a hard decision. I need you to take all the opportunities that I've afforded to you by the blessing that has been happening in the ministry. And I need you to cancel all your engagements from July to December. Don't go anywhere else. And I don't need you to take any more engagements. Hold on, God. That can't be you. That, that can't be you because because these are opportunities that are from God. These are opportunities that were provided because I'm preaching your word. That's my son. And, and even in this moment, as I'm sitting here, that's God just, just hitting me.
That was an amen from heaven. that booked me to come speak at their arenas, at their conferences, at all of their stuff. I, I had to call them and tell them I can't come. And they said, why? I said, because my wife needs me, my son needs me, and my church needs me. Saul was anointed to be king. 
Samuel put oil on Saul's head and said, you are going to be a king that does so many things. And what God wanted to happen is he wanted him to wait there so that Saul was anointed to fight this new battle. And the seventh day came and he was like, no, I see people sleeping, slipping away. I see people leaving. I'm going to do this. Everybody say myself. And some of y'all are at that point. Anointing the oil, all it means is God's approval. And all that God wanted Saul to do is to wait for him so he could have his approval. God's not trying to keep you from the job. He's not trying to keep you from that new city. He's not trying to keep you from that new um, promotion. He just wants you to have his approval on it. And so because Saul forfeited, God had to find somebody else. And do you know the first thing that God did when, when they found David? Samuel brought him into a room with all of his brothers and he poured what on him? Oil. And what God is saying to many of you is that what God wants to do in your life may be something that is not a spectacle in front of everybody. But it may be the thing that gives you more oil, more approval to do it at a larger scale. At a larger scale. David would go on to do triple what Saul ever did because he was obedient and he had God's approval on it. So what are you saying for us to do, Pastor Mike? I want you to F it. Some of you dirty mind people. I want you to everybody say flip it. If you have had hasty faith and you've been working on FOMO, I want you to say flip it. I don't know. I, I, I just feel that there are some people in here that are going to admit that you've had FOMO. You've had fear of meeting opposition. But today we're going to everybody say flip it. You're going to have faith to murder opposition. When something comes your way, when things are trying to present itself as a giant to you, you're going to know that this is the thing that God wants to give me victory in. Somebody say flip it. If you've been one who forgets orders and makes options, you've been doing your own thing. It's time to. Y'all, come on, help me. It's time to. We're going to flip it and we're going to have the faith to follow orders and maintain obedience. It's hard, but I'm going to obey. It's frustrating, but I'm going to obey. My friends are leaving, but I'm going to obey. I'm going to keep serving in the parking lot. I'm going to keep taking that woman to get groceries every week. I'm going to keep picking up my friend to be able to go to work. They ain't even giving me no gas money. It's hard. But I'm not doing this as unto you. This was the orders God gave me. And I'm about to flip everything that has been FOMO and has been hasty to the thing that is crazy and the thing that's going to get me to obtain the promise of God. Everybody shout at me, flip it. This is the time where people who've been having feelings and putting feelings over their obedience, it's time to flip it. You're going to decide to have faith over opinions. Pastor Mike, what are you saying? This week going to work this word is going to work on you all week. Cuz you're going to have opportunities to walk in hasty faith. And God's just going to just remind you, flip it. Somebody say flip it. I don't know, I hear, I think it was uh, Prophet Scrappy. Flip, flip, flip. No, no, I don't know. (laughs) And if you're in this room and you've been one who fumbles obvious moments often, 
that God keeps giving you chance after chance to get it right. Stay out of that relationship. Don't go back, well, I just like bad boys. Just stop. Well, I just want to be more successful. And God said, I have everything. I have everything for you at the time that it's supposed to happen. Flip it and be one who is faithfully obtaining more oil. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? Do you know that right after I canceled all those engagements and I flipped, like I flipped what, what I could have done? No, when God told me to cancel all my engagements, that could have been between me and God and I could have disobeyed. And my wife wouldn't have known, y'all wouldn't have known. And I could have acted like, God is blessing. I'm walking in his grace and his favor. Just disobedient as all get out. And it had nothing to do with you, but it would have affected you. See, your obedience is not isolated to you. Your obedience and disobedience affects everyone connected to you. Do y'all know 30 days after I made the decision in my heart, I hadn't even called all the people yet. But God knew I had done it in my heart. That's when we closed on this building. And can't nobody tell me no, that it was what I obeyed God to do when nobody was looking that qualified us for what God was going to use to touch the whole world. What's on the other side of you believing God in crazy faith? What's on the other side of you stepping out of hasty faith in FOMO and flipping it? Everybody say flip it. And you flip it into crazy faith FOMO. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? 2 Peter 3, 9. The only reason that you're being hasty is because you feel like you're missing out on something. But Samuel didn't come right at the moment Saul wanted him to, and sometimes God doesn't come right at the moment that you want him to for one specific reason. Look at it. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Some of y'all think that, but it's not like that. Nope. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everybody to repent. Today in this place, I think there's so many of us that need to repent for moving out of God's timing, thinking that he didn't have a plan for us, thinking that he was being slow on his promises. He said, I was being patient. I wanted you to get your attitude in order before I did that. I, I wanted to change your heart about that situation so you could see the perspective the right way. He said, I'm not being slow, I'm being patient. And today there are things that you've made decisions on, your opinions and options and all these other things. And God says, hey, we can start this whole thing over if you would just, everybody say, repent. If you're in this room and you've been dealing in hasty faith in any way and having FOMO, you've been having, having these areas of your life where you know you've been going outside the time of God, I'm asking you to do something bold right now. I'm asking you to just stand up all over this place. I want to pray for you. If you know that you need to repent, and I know this is not for everybody because everybody's heart's not ready. Some of y'all is going to hit on Thursday. Some of y'all is going to hit next Sunday. But there's been an area of your life, and it's not your whole life, just an area where there's been a part of you that's 
moving outside of the timing of God, being anxious over all the opportunities, but not really remembering that God has a plan for you. I'm so proud of every person who's standing up right now, who's really repenting right now, because the worst thing for you to ever have happened to you is that God get FOMO about you. That God would find one more obedient. That's what David was. He was just a person that was more obedient than Saul. And God had to raise up somebody else because Saul wouldn't just wait on God. Hands lifted all over this place. If you're watching online, I want your hands lifted. We're going to pray that the spirit of FOMO would break off of your life in every area. Father, I thank you that in this place right now, you have people here, Father God, who are saying, I repent. Father, you haven't been slow. You've been patient with us. And God, for every person who has had fear of meeting opposition, I thank you, Father, that they know that they are winning because you are on their side. And if God be for them, who can be against them? I pray for every person who has forgotten orders, Father, and have made their own options up. Father, I thank you that they would stay true to the words that you have spoken, Father, and follow the orders that you have given. Father, I thank you for every person who has put their feelings, Father God, over their obedience. I'm declaring right now that we would obey your word more than what we feel. And Father God, for those of us who have continually fumbled your grace, and we've done it over and over again, today we're saying it's over. And today, God, we're asking you, forgive us we will not move outside of the timing of God anymore we're gonna have crazy faith to believe you like never before and I declare that there are victories coming in everybody's life right now as we are believing and we are standing and we are waiting on the promises of God